Hey, we're Erin and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're in part three of the Marriage After God series, and we're going to be talking with Ryan and Selena Frederick about oneness and intimacy in marriage. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey, thanks for joining us today. As always, want to invite you to leave a review. Uh, star ratings are awesome. That's the easiest way to leave a review, but then text reviews are also really powerful and we love reading all of them. And that's a, an awesome way to spread the word about the podcast. Another way you can support the podcast is by shopping on our online store, shop.marriageaftergod.com. And we want to encourage you to get a copy of our new book, Marriage After God. That's what this whole series is based off of. And uh, if you've been listening to the series, you've already been encouraged and inspired by the book content. And so we just want to at least get you over to the site to um, give you more information on the book. So today we're talking with some good friends of ours, Ryan and Selena Frederick from Fierce Marriage. And uh, Ryan, Selena, welcome. Hey guys. Hi guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks excited for having to us. be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah, it's a treat. Yeah. Every time I think of you guys, I listen to your, we listen to your podcast, of course, because you're friends of ours, but I always think of our trip to Ikea in California. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> we had one time. Oh, yeah. so Do you remember that? That was yeah. a fun, that was a fun date. It was. Yeah. And I don't know what we bought, but I remember it didn't barely fit in our car. <laughs> And Aaron, you helped me fit it in our little Prius that we had in California. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. It was a shelf it was, um, well, it was way more fun for me I than it was for you. It actually might have been a crib. <laughs> as much fun as it was uh, walking around IKEA, I remember we just had really great conversations. Yes. Yeah, and you only had one child. Did we then. eat lunch at IKEA? <laughs> I don't know. No. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one kid. It was totally different life back mm. then. <laughs> And we were all f- still fairly new to all of this marriage uh, stuff. So, yes. <laughs> why don't you why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Who you are? How long you've been married? What do you guys do? Children, sure. stuff. Yeah, like that. we are the Fredericks, and we have been married. It'll be sixteen years this year, and we wow. have two little girls awesome. named Adelaide and Clementine. So they are five and two and a half. And we are, yeah, we're the voices and authors and everything yeah. I guess behind Fierce Marriage. Yeah. And that is us for now. That's we live now, in yeah. we live in Washington State, the best place in the world. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit north and a little better than Oregon State. Stop. <laughs> and a, a little bit a little bit wetter. Wetter is better. A little bit wetter colder. is better. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, we just know that this is going to be a great time for our listeners to get to know you if they don't already, which they probably do. But um, we are are just really excited about this topic. We're jumping into chapter three of Marriage After God, which is the marks of a marriage after God. And we're going to just cover two of those topics um, today. In this interview, yeah. In this interview. But before we do that, we want to get into the icebreaker question. This is just a fun way to... Let people know know us. You guys better. (laughs) All right, bring it on. So the icebreaker... (laughs) Okay, the icebreaker question is, do you have any hobbies together or separate or maybe as a family? I think we try to keep our hobbies mostly together these days. Yeah. Um, it's actually contributed to that that oneness that we'll get into. But um, we do have, <laughs> you know, different passions and things that we're, we enjoy. 
Um, I think separately, I, I like riding horses. Ryan doesn't like it as much as I do. He'll do it, but <laughs> actually we went, we went on a vacation and we went, on a, we did, that's right. We rode together and I, I think I, I was one over. Yes. It was so fun. I had the most amazing, <laughs> what do you call it? A mount, that amazing mount. Your horse was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. pretty great. So I was actually, I was following along on Insta stories and I actually became really fond of it too. And I can't wait for our vacation, Aaron, of oh, riding horses you, together. That's a hint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked incredible. Like every time you guys posted, I was just like, yes, that looks was, awesome. What's funny is I have a completely different sentiment to horses. I was raised around horses and my mom always took us riding and I, I, I Oh no. It. You're also responsible for <laughs> yeah. cleaning after them. I, my, my sentiment might be different. It's been a long time, but yeah, I didn't like the, the mucking the stalls and feeding the horses oh. and cleaning them. And yeah, we'll pray for you that the Lord but will renew your heart they, for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No. Um, so that's, that, thank you. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to, before we get into a quote from the book, I just wanted to, um, the reason we had, we're inter- interviewing so many different people on this podcast, um, in this series for the marriage after God book is we want to just show the diversity in the body of Christ and just how, uh, all of our marriages as we chase after God together and how God wants to use us all for kingdom work, um, in one direction. So I just, I'm excited about that. We're, we love that you guys are doing it. You guys are a marriage after God. And so I just want to read a quote from chapter three, the marks of a marriage after God. It says a marriage after God is a team moving together in one mind, one heart, one spirit, and in one direction with their eyes on heavenly and eternal things. Do you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure you Good do. Stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so in your guys' marriage, how have you two cultivated oneness? That's a great question. And it's, and it is not without a, uh, I think intentionality, I think is the biggest way Mm -hmm. to be honest, is we've just consciously said that, Hey, we, we need, it's not just, we're not just roommates, but we need to be on mission together and in unity on whatever that mission is. Of course, as Christians, we have a pretty clear mission, right? Make disciples and um, go to the ends of the earth and glorify God and all that good stuff. Not necessarily in that order, but, um, and so I think we've cultivated that by Celine talked about our, our, our hobbies, I think decisions like that, right? So I, I enjoy different things that I just don't do because they just, they don't add to the, the family that I feel like God is calling us to. Right. It's harder for us to say yes to things that might take us away from each other for mm-hmm. uh, even just a day or sometimes even a couple hours, but on a consistent basis, it can kind of, we feel like it kind of breaks away our unity. It kind of chips away at it slowly. Mm-hmm. If you know, I'm going to riding horses every Saturday for five hours a day, you know, when that's kind of like our only family time together. Or, so. I'm, you know, I love going to the mountains and the mm-hmm. ocean and I do too. scuba diving. And, well, yeah. and so it's like, <laughs> it, I mean, we do some of that, but it's like, if, if it were, we've kind of made a decision that that's the exception and not the rule. It's like, right. you don't owe me time by myself. Right. Right. I feel like that kind of, that's kind of the cultural kind of uh, mantra is mm-hmm. like, you get your time, I get mine, you get your money, I get my money. And we've just thrown all out, thrown all that out the window. It's our time. It's our money. Well, and I think and one- not that you can't, you know, not that you yeah. can't be generous to each other in those ways, but just as an as a norm, I think that's one way we've done it for us. Mm-hmm. And early on in our relationship, before we were married or anything, um, God was always a big part of it. We always talked about what we were learning in the Bible together. And <clears throat> excuse me, even to this day, we're like, what has God been teaching you? And just the nature of what we do, and you guys understand this, we're in the word, we're, we're learning about God, we're teaching him to our children, we're constantly um, being sanctified and learning new things and and 
for me, that's that spiritual oneness has really solidified and grown out of those conversations that we've had together. That's so good. So as you guys communicate, uh, can you just encourage our listeners with maybe what that looks like practically? Like if like, how do you cultivate oneness in your marriage if if something comes up that, you know, something that one of you wants to do or one of you is wrestling with? How do you communicate that to each other? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, it's different, obviously, for every situation, every marriage. And you kind of know what those hot button topics are or where those big red well, buttons I f- are. I feel like and you so get you- to know it. Like, we didn't just decide not to do things. It kind of... As, as kids came into our life and as our, as we became more unified in our marriage and kind of went through some hard times together, we started and spent kind of some just time one-on-one with each other. We started understanding where our boundaries were beginning to fall, mm-hmm. I feel like, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, one of the things that I tell guys, and I think it applies to, to gals as well, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd rather just talk to guys on this topic, <laughs> um, is that. <laughs> You know, if, if ever in doubt, if you ever can always be generous, always choose generosity towards your wife, right? If, if there's ever a spot mm-hmm. where you can give in, um, what be it a hobby or an argument <laughs> or whatever, be generous, give, be the one to give in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times when I feel like as a husband, uh, and a man, you do need to kind of like stand your ground for on principle or whatever, but I don't, I do think those are rare times, right? In most marriages. Um, right. and so I think it, Cultivating generosity around those conversations is really important, meaning that, hey, like if we're talking about I want to go hang out with a buddy one night, mm-hmm. like so so actually it's uh, Jeff's birthday today. So I'm going to go <laughs> out and hang out with him tonight. This is a real life example. <laughs> and Selena didn't even, I didn't even have to ask. She's like, hey, just, just my best friend. Hey, go hang out tonight with mm-hmm. him. You know, have a good night. And just, um, right. and so she was generous toward me. I didn't have to. But it's not a regular battle that we fight. You know, it's not part of our regular rhythms Mm -hmm. of life. We've just kind of established that boundary that, you know, we can, again, ask each other and be generous in these in these conversations. But, you know, all in all, our first disciples are each other and then our children and then our neighbors and community. So um, operating from that vision inside out kind of is where is how we start there. Yeah. And if you're not unified on those deep things, these types of arguments will seem much more significant than they should be and hold way more weight than they should be. Mm -hmm. So. I guess to answer your question, Jen, is if I, I would say get get on, on the same page. You might not be uni- unified right now, but get on the same page about the uh, big things, mm-hmm. right? And then these types mm-hmm. of arguments will have a, a greater context that they can operate within. And that's where the, that's where generosity makes sense. That's where, you know. Um, uh, saying no to things. Saying no to things to say yes to each other. That right. makes way more sense when you're on the same page about yeah. why you exist as a couple. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I like that you, you took, essentially Ephesians 525 and that, mm. you know, that calling to, to lay yeah. down our lives for mm. our wives and love them as ourselves. That's that generosity word. Like, of course we we're, we're usually first generous to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, well, I, I, I deserve this or I need the time. So I, I appreciate that perspective on that, that mm. scripture. And, um, you know, as a, being one of the marks of a marriage after God, this oneness idea, um, I feel like, uh, you know, what you're saying is all those, those little decisions that kind of start, uh, developing, um, and the way of thinking, you know, it's not like you throw your hobbies out and like, you never have them. It's just not the, it's not the default position. The default is what can we do together? And so the exception to the rule is like in those times of like, absolutely. Like I'm, you know, your wife is confident in your, your oneness with her and she's actually excited Mm -hmm. to let you go have this time. And, and you probably would agree with this whenever that happens in our, our life. Often I actually, it's not as enjoyable yes. <laughs> by myself. I'm just like, oh, I wish my wife yeah. was here. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. You know, and there's times that that's not, you know, not the case, but um, the oneness, I, f- I feel like that 
that when you said, you know, focus on those big, mm-hmm. you know, those big topics, I almost feel like it's focus on the, what's the, the one direction we're going mm-hmm. together. And then that kind of sets the tone for everything. Mm-hmm. Because if we both have a different goal in mind, like I want my life to look like this. Mm-hmm. I want my life to look like this. Then every single conversation, every single topic will be a fight because unless it the the other person has aligned with my direction yeah. it's going to be a fight mm-hmm. it's going to be a struggle and so finding that mm-hmm. unifying mission which of course like you said we all have the same mission you know if it's if it's the word of god if it's what he's doing in this world then we can't it's easier to lay, right. lay down my 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 pride my hobbies my because i'm be like well like currently in this moment that's not going to fulfill mm-hmm. our big mm-hmm. mission, mm-hmm. you know, of being together. Cause now I'm not, I'm not with my wife and one and we're, we're and there is, odds. and there will so. be a lot of kind of gray. Right. So the, that's like the, um, the black and white piece, right. Where if a younger yeah. couple, right. They're just, they're just heading into marriage or they just got married or they're maybe a, a couple that's been married for a while, but they're new to their faith. Right. The first piece is like, okay, what is that mission as people who follow Christ? If we believe he is who he says mm-hmm. he is, then that should bear weight on every aspect of our lives. Okay. Then that's the big, that's where we're headed. Right. And that's good for a couple. We always encourage mm-hmm. couples to yep. sit down and articulate these things um, in, in what we call a family vision statement. And it's, it, that includes their mission, which is going to be some, some, uh, uh, what's the word, expression of the Great Commission. Right. So, so however that yeah. plays out in their life. It's going to be an expression of that if they call themselves Christians. And then below that you have, um, and a lot of couples never do this. And it's so well, important. We hadn't done it until 10 years in our marriage, at least. Yeah. And yeah. it changed everything. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. It changed everything about, in this topic specifically in unity, mm-hmm. because we went through and found and mined our personalities, our relationship for what we call core values, right? So a lot of times we say, oh, like in a business context, you say our core value is quality, customer <laughs> service, right? These are ideals, yeah. right? But for a marriage, yeah. the core values are things that you actually are, whether you know it or not, things that you care about, whether you know it or not, right? So for us, we we, mm-hmm. we had to realize that we really value um, one of them's community, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of that because obviously we're Christian, but we, we yeah, value even- <laughs> family and friends and deep deep relationships with fewer mm-hmm. rather than shallow relationships with more. Um, that was yeah, one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, adventure. It sounds kind of funny, but adventure is a core value of ours. I mean that we want to live lives that are mm-hmm. kind of on the edge, right? Ooh, I would agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're always kind of, yeah, we use the word extraordinary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. You guys use that in the beginning of your podcast. But another one, and I can keep going on. I think there's only five, right? We try to keep them as, as few as possible. And then this is the part that you were talking about, Aaron, where you get kind of the, the expressions that, the kind of uh, the, I'd say the more grayer parts of this is like, okay, so how are we going to decorate our house? Right. Or what kind of house are we going to invest in? Not just buy, but invest in because of these core values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, th- and those, w- that third part of the family vision statement is what we call the envision statements. So like we envision one of our envision statements is we envision a family that laughs together, that, um, we envision a, mm-hmm. a home that is welcoming to, uh, to friends Everyone, and strangers yeah. and yeah. people and we can feed them. So what that has all kinds of implications for how we actually set up our lives. Mm-hmm. How big of our, how big is our table, right? Like <laughs> how big is our living room? Yeah they, yeah. they make all the small decisions in in essence easier because they've already got, it's instead of just starting from scratch every single time on the mm-hmm. decision, like, well, what do we want? You're like, well, does this yep. fit into our, it's exactly what we right. want? Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to, 
are we going to go spend a thousand hours on this project if it means sacrificing yeah. these other things right. that are core to what right. we love? Yeah. yeah. And what I love about this is it's, you know, we always talk about, we got to be on the same page. Like that's how you're, mm-hmm. that's how you're one. Yeah, that's a, how you build it's unity. An easy phrase. Yeah. It's an easy phrase to say, but I feel like this is such a practical way to actually get on the same page because mm-hmm. you put it down on one page. I feel like it, in the oneness side of things of being able to communicate, we're going to get into a little bit in this idea of transparency is once you've both verbalized what oneness looks like, like what we what we agree with, what we believe as a team, what, what's our, our central focus, um, the accountability part of it, you know, of oneness is, mm-hmm. hey, how you're currently acting or de- making a decision it doesn't align with what, we, what we, you say you believe and what we have agreed on. And we can kind of mm-hmm. use those, those foundational things. Um, again, if it's Christ, we can look at each other and be like, hey, like, that's not really aligning mm-hmm. with what we believe in the Bible, is it? Mm-hmm. Like we've said the Bible is a core mm-hmm. value of our home and what we align our life with. So I, I, mm-hmm. I like that you, you know, putting those things down, you guys both have agreed that those are who you are as a family, how you want to lead, how you want to live. It makes oneness a lot more uh, practical and instead mm-hmm. of this ambiguous idea of like, okay, like, yeah, we'll you know, have the same bank account. Sure. Which is another practical way, but, but it's not the only thing. It's just yeah. a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, it takes time too. I want to make a note. Like I think a it, lifetime. Yeah. So, so many people sit down, they're like, Hey, here's, we're going to take this evening and we're going to do our family vision statement and mm. it'll be done forever. <laughs> and, um, it took us probably three months mm-hmm. to get our first draft. Mm-hmm. And then we revisit it. Um, kind of uh, after big life things, like if you have a, if you have children and you've never had children before, maybe some of your, uh, values or just the way you want to spend your time mm-hmm. because you now have this other person, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it changes everything. And, and, or you move geographically right. or you get a new mm-hmm. job or, uh, yeah. God calls you to something and you feel like it's stirring, but it hasn't quite started mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. It takes time to get there and then you can, you're free right. to revisit it. So I think that just want to make sure people don't feel like they need to get this ironed mm-hmm. out in like one sitting. Yeah. That's good. Cause it takes some time to think and pray over it and mm-hmm. articulate the, the well, ideas. Well, that's what we call it a, a, a mark of a marriage after God. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's mm. a thing that we're aiming for, yeah. not a, Oh, we are it today. Good. Perfectly mm. have it ironed out. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh no, this is how we are going to operate. Yeah. We're going to think this mm. way and pursue this direction because it's biblical. It's because we, it's going to help us fulfill what God has for us. Mm-hmm. So as you guys have been pursuing oneness in your marriage and, and being one and actively um, making choices as one, um, how have you seen that amplify your effectiveness in building God's kingdom? Oh man. And in, in every uh, meaningful way, mm-hmm. Aaron, you mentioned going out, right? If, if, uh, if you don't feel like, you know, maybe Jen says, Hey, yeah, go out and have fun or whatever and do something that you wanted to do. How you almost don't even like it anymore. Cause she's not yeah, there. It changes right? you, yeah. You'd rather be with your family. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like that, that sentiment, I think that's just a small, I, I think shadow of, of truth in terms of that sentiment, how it actually impacts your entire life. Right. right? When you realize I don't want to do anything, um, a, I don't want to do anything that's not in lockstep with what God is doing. Mm-hmm. I want to go where God is moving. I want to be, uh, I want to move with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I want, I want our family to be in unity and doing that too. Like we, um, here's a really silly example, but we needed to buy a vehicle yeah. uh, last year, about a year and a half ago. <laughs> and it's a big purchase. I, know, you know, I hate it. I hate those decisions. The They're so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we had been kind of racking our brains. We had been, you know, a one vehicle family, but we had just, we had just had our second daughter mm-hmm. 
And so uh, it was time. It was time to like to actually face this decision. And we just didn't have peace on it. Didn't have peace. Did, and it was probably like six months of Selena looking at different cars and <laughs> looking at different, you know, all the different specs and the different <laughs> prices and where to get it and all that kind of stuff until finally we we had all this stuff kind of like, here's our priorities. We had all that out. So we mm-hmm. knew what we we're looking for. We we're just going to go and spend a bunch of money. We had an actual like budget, budget and vision and all that. for the car. <laughs> anyway, when, when that decision finally <clears throat> came to make that decision, God was so faithful and provided just this really obscure way for us to find the exact right vehicle that he, that, that was what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we do think it's a, a little grace of God to make that plain to us. And what happened is that was so easy by the time that that felt like we were in unity in that together mm-hmm. and we were in lockstep with him mm-hmm. that we just walked up and we drove it and we just said, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> it was like, it, there was very little like haggling, all that kind of stuff. It was already there. Yeah. And so I feel like that happens in big decisions too, if you're in ministry, mm-hmm. right? So you're trying to make a decision in ministry and mm-hmm. you'll find unity. That's where you're just, your heart is only at peace in unity when you get mm-hmm. to that place. I love that. At peace in unity. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, that not that the, essential definition of peace yeah. is it like, right. right there's no chaos there's no division mm-hmm. <laughs> i mm-hmm. love that yeah that's so good man mm-hmm. that's so true okay so uh w- one of the other seven marks of a marriage after god is transparency uh so mm-hmm. what does transparency look like in your marriage hmm. we kind of live by this lights on windows open doors open sort of theme that kind of sets the tone for not only our marriage, but for our household. We, you know, there's no secrets. There might be some surprises here and there, but we really try to be intentional about like our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole transparency thing, uh, I think it has become a greater piece to our life because of, you know, things like social media and posturing and um, kind of showing our best moments mm-hmm. yeah. and not really being transparent and honest about what our life looks like. You know, how many times do you meet somebody that you maybe have seen on Instagram and you're like, whoa, your life's way different than what I thought. <laughs> yeah. You're you a know? train wreck. You're, oh, just yeah, like me. You're normal. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's so important, especially, you know, in unifying us, transparency is such a huge component because if I, if we're not honest with each other about kind of our ugly and about the sin that we face and the dark corners of our hearts that we just don't want to show to anybody. We're not allowing our spouse that space to, to truly love us. And we're not allowing ourselves to uh, live in that freedom that God's calling us to Mm -hmm. when we are in the light and, and God Mm -hmm. sees all that. He knows we, we always talk about Ryan. I was talking about like when we sin, like God doesn't, he sees the sin, but he also sees the deep motivation Mm -hmm. of that sin. And he still loves us. He knows the depth of why it happened, why we made those decisions and that love is so liberating to us, right? It should be because he is, he is leading us down this path of being known and fully mm-hmm. loved, right? And being committed. And so transparency is, I don't think you can have full unity and full oneness without complete transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be bold there <laughs> and say well, that. No, That's why we tied these two marks together is because we believe the same thing, that mm-hmm. they're so closely tied. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, if you're not completely transparent, I think it does also hinder your ability to, to experience and express love. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that if, if I, um, if I say, Hey, Selena, I love you. Here's this part of my life that you get to see, but I keep part of it to myself, whether it's, whether it's shame or a sin or a habitual sin, you know, for guys, it's, you know, pornography is always a big thing, mm-hmm. right. Or some sort of thing that I'm hiding from you. Whenever you say, Oh, I love you. My, as my wife, I'll always be like, yeah, but if you, in my head, I'll be like, if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I can't, you don't actually love me. Right. Mm-hmm. It kind of invalidates 
mm-hmm. until you actually say, here's everything mm-hmm. that I've, all my good, bad, and the ugly. Um, and, and so I, until you actually do that, you're not going to experience what it means to actually be loved as deeply as I believe we're called to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you asked, how does this actually play out? So, um, Aaron, I know you've shared some of your story. You guys have shared your story with pornography and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And God is very redemptive when we repent and turn from that sin and mm-hmm. run to him and run to each other. Right. Yeah. And that's, so the way we do that in our marriage is, you know, as a guy and anybody who's on the internet, you have to be on guard always mm-hmm. for like sexual sin, just guy or girl. Like you have to be mm-hmm. on guard because there's always all these different re- ways that it gets in front of your face. Right. You never yeah. even try to get it. And, and so I, we have that we have an open kind of conversation mm-hmm. always where she, the rule is you can ask me, she can ask me anything, mm-hmm. anything. And I just, I, I promise them how to, no matter how hard it is, I'll never lie. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's easy to, easier said than done, but it gets easier and easier. And so, um, and then there's obviously open, you know, we have the phone drop test is mm-hmm. another fun little tool that we tell couples about is that at any moment you should drop your phone on the table and your spouse to be able to open that up and go through every app, every mm-hmm. email, every text, everything. Yeah, oh yeah. I've and, never heard um, that term before, but I like that. Phrase. Yeah. We've never done yeah. that term. We do that. Uh, uh, like we know each other's passwords. There's yeah. never any yeah. yep. giving that permission. Yeah. They're, we, yeah. We use the word permission. She's, if she wants, she can grab my phone and, but I like that. The drop the phone and, test. And it's not, <laughs> yeah, and the thing that we have to distinguish with couples, because a lot of couples will be like, well, what about my privacy? You know, and, and, and A, you don't have that's privacy the opposite in marriage. Of, that's the opposite of transparency. <laughs> and one <laughs> But B, it's not about, it's not about your losing privacy. It's about building trust. And yeah. so you kind of the flip yeah. on its head and that it's about showing you have nothing to hide as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I should be able to hide something if I want to. Like, that's mm-hmm. what privacy, that's all privacy is. Right. Right? And in marriage, well, and there's I, none of that. And I, and there's two stark contrasts in this idea of like, you know, you say, cause we've had couples say the same thing, like, well, you know, they, that's just not, there's no trust there if they have to check my phone. And, but right. if you even have that heart in the first place, you are hiding something mm-hmm. uh, and right. And so if I'm telling my wife, Hey, I, I want to walk in purity and holiness before my father in heaven and God has given you as my helper. And therefore Mm -hmm. you have permission at any time Mm -hmm. to walk with me and help me be this, that man. That's a different position of, well, you should just trust me and you shouldn't have to look at my phone. It's humility Mm -hmm. versus pride. Right. Mm -hmm. And what happens is my wife rarely has a desire to do that. Unless she has a, a spirit like, you know, Hey, there's something I'm discerning that, you, you just seem off. Are you walking okay? And usually she doesn't even have to look at my phone where I'm at. Like you're saying, I confess, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my, my, my purpose is not to just remove the shame and feel better in my marriage. I actually fear God and want to please him. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the, the, it's a, it's such yeah. a, it's such a different mentality of just protecting my flesh versus no, actually I want to be made like Christ. And yep. <laughs> Just wow. nailed it. Wow. So good, yeah. Man. So it, transparency is is important. For, I actually, well, when I asked the question, I was thinking about this idea of transparency, and the the point of transparency is to see through. And mm-hmm. you know, if we're lights in this world, the light doesn't come from us; it comes from Christ. And and the less, the more opaque we are, like the harder to see through mm-hmm. we are, the less mm-hmm. light can emit from us. The the less that light can be seen in us, because you can't see through us to yeah. Christ. And I feel like yep. that needs to be first exemplified in marriage. Mm. That, so so if you're not transparent, you're not um, being effective for spreading the gospel. Well, you can't. Yeah. You're a liar. And actually. I love this <laughs> mental. So you just hit it, the nail on the head in terms of something that we are right in the thick of. Yeah. Um, because we, 
you used all the buzzwords, Aaron. It's so funny. I don't know if you're reading my mail or what, but <laughs> we we are writing a new book. It's totally this, we're writing a new book called See Through, and it's that oh, whole that whole rad. attitude of we are called to not be opaque, but mm-hmm. to be see through, transparent, and to and the so be- that God's light can so shine. that God's light shines <laughs> through us, albeit yes. imperfectly. Yeah, yeah, because right? we so see currently dimly. Light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a stained glass window, right? You've got different colors, different shapes, different fractures, but it ends up being a beautiful picture because mm-hmm. God's light is what makes it beautiful, even more beautiful than if we were perfect and, you know, and perfectly clear, right? He somehow uses our sin to make himself more glorified mm-hmm. and more known because we live in a sin-filled world, but he's redeeming it, right? And so at, that you're absolutely, you nailed it. It's like that that idea of being <laughs> totally, of being not opaque, being see-through and letting God shine through you. I mean, that's, that's what transparency is all about. It's not about how can I just have what I want. It's how can I be a vessel through which God shines. Mm. That's so it's powerful, awesome. you guys. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm now I'm really excited to to read that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I don't know if our publisher is going to be mad at us for saying that or not. It's we not have an unofficial name. Like we're writing the book. It's the unofficial name. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Oh man. So I, I think I, yeah. I just also think um, just in the terms of marriage, this the, a mark of a marriage after God when we're not transparent, we're not, we're pursuing ourselves, right? You know, because Mm. if I'm hiding sin or if I'm hiding, you know, experiences in my life or things I'm going through, like you said, we're, all we're doing is masking and we're covering up and we're, we're trying to present ourselves a certain way. So Mm -hmm. we're not actually after God at all. We're after ourselves and Mm -hmm. avoiding some discomfort or some pain and so the the picture we're trying to show that opaqueness we're just trying to show uh we're manufacturing something mm-hmm. which is not love at all because mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not letting my wife love me I'm letting her love a picture of me um mm-hmm. you know and I'm not loving her by hi- hiding who I am I'm hiding or hiding the truth mm-hmm. which is is unloving so mm-hmm. and it, so I just love that you guys are advocates of that, that you not only advocate it, but you walk it out. We found it be transformational uh, on a personal level, both my relationship with our relationship as spouses, but also our relationship with friends of the same sex, oh, yeah. right? That's transformational in that sense as well. Um, but also uh, in community with other families and other couples, we've had some really, some of the most transformational and brutal conversations that we've had uh, have been in the context of church community and that's such a big part of transparency that I think a lot of couples have kind of mm-hmm. forsaken that yeah. that part of the church, right? They kind of figure your church is a Sunday morning thing. It's a Easter and Christmas thing. It's a yeah. check the box on the demographic quiz thing. <laughs> like I'm a Christian, but like that's, that's how, that's how we're called to yeah. live in Christian community. Right. And so um, transparency there, like we can never, we always push couples. Like we were, we're, we're, we consider ourselves like air traffic controllers, right? People that come to us for answers. Yeah. We're just like, we just point them to Christian community because <laughs> exactly. that's how you can Can you really share some of it, the right? benefit for those listening? Like what's the benefit of being transparent with other believers? To your holiness and righteousness uh, and, you know, unto the Lord, I think mm-hmm. is the, is the biggest benefit because mm-hmm. they'll be able to look at your life more objectively. Mm-hmm. Well, and as a marriage, we kind of some friends of ours, um, we kind of walk, we go to them when we have kind of a struggle and we can't seem to figure it out. We feel a little stuck and we'll go to them knowing that, you know, when you have dinner with another couple, you're, you're going to heed your words a little bit more, right? You're going to filter a little bit more. (laughs) You're going to have that. You're going to make sure you're saying what you want to say. What you mean to say. Yes. (laughs) What you feel like saying. (laughs) Um, and so, but having those, having that couple that we know is, 
grounded in the gospel, that knows the word, that is in tune with the spirit, that loves the Lord and wants, they're advocating for us. They're not trying to pin us against each other, mm-hmm. but they're advocating for our relationship. That's huge. And, and they love us. And they too. love us. Yeah. And they they know us and, and we want them to know us. Like we want to be known by them yeah. because we can't seem, we're stuck. Yeah. We can't seem to figure this out. We need our community. We need them to point us back to Jesus, point us back to the word, the Bible, Have ask us the hard questions and in love, mm-hmm. knowing that we're going to get past this. We're going to get through mm-hmm. this. In our little circle of church, we have this, we, we turned the word gospel into a verb, <laughs> right? So when somebody's like forgetting <laughs> like who they are in Christ, yeah, you say, preach well, the gospel. we'll just gospel you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll remind you yeah. that God is good, that he's, he's a sovereign and he's gracious and mm. he's working in this. And, and that's just so often work being transparent. Like if, if you go like most church groups you go to, you're just like, oh, let's talk through the curriculum. Let's talk through the study and we'll just go home and we'll have, yeah, what are you learning? We'll have yeah. food and we'll go home. But man, church community is so much more than that. You say, hey, how are you actually means how are you doing? Not just an excuse for you to say good, busy, right? And then for the listener Um, to sit there and actually listen and wait, you know, even if that means you have to wait a little bit longer (laughs) instead of just Right, because you truly are asking, not just uh, Mm. facetiously or, you know, it's the norm. Yeah. You know, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, I I think about, um, you know, the reason we, we bring this up, the the purpose of you guys being one in your marriage and and being transparent in your marriage and all of the other marks that we talk about in the book isn't just for your marriage. That's the place you practice doing exactly what you just said, because we're commanded in the word of God to be in one mind and spirit with the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you can't be one with your wife without being transparent. You can't be one with your husband without being transparent. You can't have that unified um, un- unification without that singleness of mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. What you're exactly saying is, is the whole reason it's important for us to have this mm-hmm. mentality in our homes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, how can you love Christ's bride? How can you love Christ if you don't love his bride? Mm-hmm. Right. You can't. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, you can't. That's, what, that's First, why I get so. Yeah, I get, John tells us it's like we're liars if we say that we love God and don't love His people. <laughs> right, mm. right. That's why I get so just. I think furious is the right word when you see like Christians that are just constantly, um, just kind of making satire, making fun of the local of the local church. Right. I know that Christians are weird in some regards. Right? There's yeah, a lot we, of like cultural things, <laughs> and they kind of make they're cringy, right? But there's also like this is the, this is the bride of Christ. And so there's always has to, there always has to be that edifying kind of redemptive side to those types of conversations. And so, yeah, I think in your marriage, this is just, yeah, that's why I love marriage. It's such a, it's a mirror of the gospel in so yeah. many different, it's like a multifaceted diamond, yeah. right? There you go. Yeah. It just, it's, it, you see it in different angles and you see the gospel in it. And that's one of the things is when you learn how to, um, you know, be transparent with your wife and with each other in marriage. And that kind of gives you an idea of what it's like to be transparent with Christ's bride, with the church, mm-hmm. right. And, mm-hmm. and actually Love live in, in vulnerability, not just so you can look, you know, navel gaze and feel bad about yourselves and go home and be ashamed, but so that you can work toward righteousness. So you can be known and so you can experience yeah. a greater depth of grace and love. Mm, right. That's I love so that. good. You guys are such good in, encouragers and advocates for marriage online through your ministry, through um, your resources and everything. Um, one uh, quote that stood out to me that you guys had posted a while back said this transparency, the best opportunity for intimacy happens when you're fully known and fully loved. And I just love that. I I love the way you worded it. I love everything about it. And I think so many people are craving that right now. They're craving intimacy. They want to be 
they want to be fully mm. loved and maybe they don't know yeah. how to be fully known and because they're afraid. And so I just want to ask, mm. how would you encourage those listening today, those people who want to experience this intimacy, whether it's with God, with their spouse, with other believers, but they're afraid or something's holding them back, what would you say to them? Well, I think it's important to, <clears throat> excuse me, know what God's word says, you know, about fear and how perfect love drives out fear. Mm. There's, there, there's no fear in perfect love. Mm. And so understanding that, you know, first of all, we are loved, we are loved in Christ and our identity can be rooted there because of what he's done and because of who mm. he, he is. Yep. Yep. And <clears throat> excuse me, because he loves us, he, he, he knows us fully and completely and he loves us fully and completely. And there, it's unconditional and he knows the depths of our souls and he still loves us. And that's, and I think that's such a example and model for us, right? Because only like, I don't, I don't feel any or experience love like Christ to the extent I, I, I can't, I know how am I trying to say this? I experience it to the extent that I'm like transparent and known, mm -hmm. right? right. Mm -hmm. The more that I'm known, the more that I'm able to show my weaknesses and confess pride or, <clears throat> you know, a lot, uh, just my anger or whatever, the more I, mm. I am hopeful of, like your love, Ryan, but hopeful also and knowing and just being able to rest and the mm -hmm. fact that God loves me still, mm -hmm. even in this moment. And he's still like, while we were still sinners, he died. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That, that reality is, I think the path, understanding that full reality is the path toward the side of transparency that, that will get you to that side of feeling fully loved. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that fear and Selena, you're speaking to it so well, is that fear is what keeps us from taking that leap because we feel like, well, what if I jump and they don't love me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. what if I jump and my spouse can things. never forgive me yeah. or our relationship's never the same. And to be honest, it probably will never be the same, but if we trust God, it will be better. Mm -hmm. yeah. It will be different and better. And how, powerful yeah, joy. It, and how powerful it is when we do and we are transparent and we are still loved. It's such a powerful experience. Yeah, I I, th I think of that scripture that says, um, he who uh, has been forgiven much, loves much. Mm. And I, That's the one I was trying to think of. And, so I, and I often, <laughs> but I, I've often thought of it as like, oh, m maybe I struggle with love because I didn't have much to be forgiven of and other people have. And But that's not what that scripture says. The scripture is saying he who loves much or who, who's been forgiven much, loves much. And the idea is that we all, have been forgiven like that man who owed the 10,000 mm -hmm. talents to that ruler. Mm -hmm. We are not the other one. We are the one that owes the unfathomable amount. And so like, like it's like 70 billion yeah, whatever dollars it is. equivalent or and, something. Yeah. And the point is, is the one who recognizes how much he has been forgiven loves much. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. often that, that has to be, you know, it says Jesus knows us or he wants to know us, know us. Right. And we become known by confession, by, mm. by transparency, mm. by saying, Lord, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And he, he already knows all, right? So, but he wants us to offer it to, offer it to him. Like, here is who mm. I am. Here is what I've done. Here is how I think. Change me. Mm. Have it, right. you know? Well, it's like it goes all, all the way back to the garden, right? When Adam and Eve sinned and they're hiding. And I know. God's walking in the garden. He says, where, where are you? Yeah, right. It's not that he, like, he lost them. He wasn't like, oh, shoot, where'd they go? They ran away. He wants them to he reveal themselves. The cage. Like he, he, he wants us to, to have that, that realization yeah. of our depth of need. And that's what we yeah. call, I mean, it's not just us calling it, but it's the full gospel, yeah. right? Yep. The gospel is two parts. One, I am extremely sinful, lost, and without hope. That's the first part. 
Then, so that's the bad news, which makes good, makes room for the good news, mm. makes way for the good news, which is Christ has paid that price. He has brought you close. He has given you hope. He has saved you. And so if you can picture with me, like a ramp that's going up, like if that's our view of God, the holiness of God, mm. and then a ramp that's going down is our view of ourself, right? Our view of our, our need and our depravity without Christ. Mm-hmm. The gap that it creates in between the top of the ramp and the bottom of the ramp I'm looking, it's like a big Pac-Man thing. <laughs> and that gap is the is the need for our Savior. So the mm-hmm. greater view of God, the lower view of ourselves, the greater the need for a cross or, or Christ to fill that gap, to make. And so that makes much of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And less and of so us, yeah. You, yeah. And less of us. And so it, it makes for a really big cross. So when we minimize God's holiness, we minimize our sin. We have a tiny Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have a, 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 a impotent Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and no, no Jesus, God yeah. And the, it, mm, it, yeah. Right. And so that's, that's, I think that's how we overcome that fear and realize like this fear that I have of being rejected is no match to the fear that I have without Christ, mm-hmm. but yep. I've been given Christ. Praise so God. I can have identif- identity with him and therefore I can be transparent with you, trusting that yeah. my identity is secure in him regardless of what happens here. And he will work it for my good, right? Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks for preaching the gospel, man. That we, you know, that's been on our hearts more is just more and more preaching of the gospel. We just, mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. people to recognize that we are sinners yes. and we are wretched and we deserve nothing. And yet God loved us so much. He sent his son to save us if we believe in his name, mm-hmm. you know, changes everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to ask you the last question before we um, close in prayer. In your own words, sure. what is a marriage after God? I'd say a marriage after God is one that is obviously Christ centered, that is transparent and unified and on mission to make his name great. Praise God. You just used all the buzzwords right there. There you go. Some good no, buzzwords are good. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I fully agree with that. I think uh, on mission is 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 key. And but the thing is, that's a really loaded statement, yep. right? When you're on mission, that means so many different things. Mm-hmm. Transparency is one of those things. Being unified yeah. mm-hmm. in in mission is one of those things. Self sacrifice, so, the gospel, yes. all of that. Yes. Yeah, Christ centered and on mission, and because of that, transparent and and all of the, all of the above. So Amen. hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, yeah totally. no, it's great. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. This has been incredible. I, I just know that our listeners are walking away today with a lot to think about and hopefully feel inspired. Um, where can they follow you guys if they want to hear more from you? Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys are amazing. You've been oh, a resource thanks, to us since day one. Yep. And uh, it's just, man, we love. I love how the Bible just pours out of you guys. Aww. Yes. So Thank you. Even though we live five hours away, I feel like... It, I feel like that's, that's not an excuse. We should hang out a lot more. So it's on the record now, you guys. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll see you this year. Um, as far as resources go, uh, we just we have books at uh, fiercemarriage.com and shop.fiercemarriage.com, just devotionals. Um, we also have uh, our podcast, the Fierce Marriage Podcast. So uh, if people want us, they'll find us. <laughs> yeah, just Google Fierce Marriage. <laughs> They're yes. everywhere. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you guys have been doing this almost as long as we have, huh? Now you guys are the original gangsters. You yeah. guys were in like three or four years before. And Jen's the original gangster. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer is. Yeah, yeah. been doing a while. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer, why don't you pray for us and then we'll close out. Okay. Dear Lord, we pray we would be husbands and wives who pursue intimacy with you. We pray we would make ourselves known to you and known to each other. Help us to walk with each other in an understanding way and to love unconditionally. Thank you for the gift of oneness in marriage and what it represents. We pray we would operate as one every day in our marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, continue to empower us to do so. Help us to be transparent with one another. Help us to be great listeners as well. May truth be exposed and may your presence be evident in our lives. Thank you for marriage and thank you for salvation. You are a good God and we love you. 
May our hearts align with yours as we chase boldly after you and pursue a marriage that reflects your love story. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, that's been listening to this episode. Uh, We love the Fredericks, and we'd love for you to go check them out at their podcast, the Fierce Marriage Podcast, and uh, also get their books. Their books are really good. Uh, And so thanks for listening. Uh, We have a bunch of more episodes, a bunch of more uh, interviews coming up in the, the coming weeks. So please stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage.